With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, yes. Welcome back to the Bosco's (laughs) Boys podcast. (laughs) We're going to start off real quick talking about my bookie and tick splits. First of all, my bookie, we've been talking about them for almost six to eight months at this point. Um, you should know everything about them, guys. They're the best place to do sports book, sports betting, whatever you want to call Especially it. Especially before the big game. The big game. We're not going to say that, what it is. You know what it is. Actually, don't even watch it. Boycott it, but bet on it anyways. Yeah, and use my bookie, promo code BOYS25. Guys, they're, it's the best sports book online. They have the best uh, perks. They have great customer service. They're available all the time. They always have... Always have these crazy prop bets that are better than any other sports book company out there. Um, if you use the promo code BOYS25, the same one we've been using the whole time. Well, not the whole time, but you get what I'm saying. For a while now. You will get a 50% deposit bonus. That's 50% basically free money to play with, so go do that. Now, Tick Splits, give me a second to talk about them as well. Um <coughs> They're our new friends. They're the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Uh, they're unlike any other ticketing providers, as in they do not sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges. Um, at Tick Splits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees should not prevent you from seeing what you want to see. Go to TickSplits.com and enter promo code capital Armchair. That's A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R at the checkout to receive a 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's TickSplits, T-I-X. B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code armchair. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. Let's start the show. Let's get it. It's the moment of the evening. Every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey. Crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys. Ooh, Bosco's Boys. Come on, boys. It's the midweek show and it's a Q&A. We do not have a game to talk about this week, so we're going to mix it up. No guests this week, just Scott and I taking questions from the Boneheads. It's awesome. Before we jump in, I do have to give you a thank you for providing me a very delicious beer, the pod from Laganitas, the Mozango. It's a mosaic mango IPA. It's delish. Well, thank my brother because I stole it from him. Shout out to Cole. <laughs> um, don't tell him. Yeah, we're not going to tell him. So you guys know the drill. Uh, shout out to the Boneheads. You guys turned around and gave us a lot of questions. Oh, uh, hey. There he is. <laughs> I didn't steal it. Grant stole uh, one beer. beer. One One beer. beer. It's all right. Hey, I didn't know about it. I came prepared to drink a Diet Dr. Pepper. It's all right. We will move on. So we'll we'll move on. Uh, The Boneheads came out. They uh, got us a lot of good questions in uh, just over 24-hour notice. Um, You know, we're recording this on a Monday. Uh, You know, day jobs get in the way of recording on Tuesday, so... Uh, back at it on a Monday from our uh, Midtown Kansas City studio. So we're going to jump right in 
And here's a hot one from at stay at home mom dr. So uh, dr. Asked, been listening for a few months now. Love your podcast. What are your thoughts of a one-time game in Ahern? He goes against KU? Question mark. There are probably many factors I'm not thinking about, uh, uh, but being from a nostalgic aspect, I think it could be fun. Not to mention how loud it could get in that place. Apologies if this has been asked before. Uh, keep up the good work. I think we've had questions along this line before, uh, but. I, I'm not against answering again. Do you want to go first? Or, I mean... I know I, that you're passionate about this. I'll touch on it a little bit. I like the romanticism of playing in Ahern, but I personally, I think it's time to, you know, drop that idea. There's no real... It's not based in any reality, and I think people should love and embrace Bramlage, the Octagon of Doom, because it's one of the best places to play in college basketball when it's at full strength, and... I think we should focus more on filling that baby up instead of uh, living in the past. And there's a lot of details about Ahern that just uh, – it's not realistic, so I'll let you take it. I'm going to get a new chair. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is going to make probably, I'm sure, some of the older listeners mad. Um, I, I want to give a shout-out to our guy, Will, who is very passionate about returning to Ahern. Um, but I think this is, like, one of my top – things that I don't like about K-State fans is this fetish around Ahern Fieldhouse. Um, I understand that, you know, it was loud back in the day and there's this romanticism, this nostalgia around a great era of K-State basketball. There's a question later on where I talk about, you know, the great eras of K-State basketball and really dive into it. But I think this whole idea around Ahern is so played out. It's it's not feasible because here's the thing. Even if they were to get everything up to code, you're looking at maybe four to 6,000 seats in there. Not to mention all the money it would take it to get up to code to realistically play a basketball game in there. Um, yes, it's cool. The architecture around it's a lot better. Um, you know, on a sunny day with sun coming through the windows and the place packed to the rafters. I understand uh, how visually appealing it could be compared to just a pit in Bramlage. But I, I think it has gotten to the point where this whole, you know, notion around Ahern has gotten to the point where it's been so exaggerated. It's like that high school girlfriend that you used to have and you think, oh man, we were so in love. Everything was so perfect, yada, yada, yada. But when in reality, it's like you guys would maybe go to a movie. It, there's nothing actually substantial about that relationship. And everyone wants to talk about how, oh, Ahern was always full. Oh, this. Oh, that. I just saw pictures resurface the other day of a game in Ahern, and I saw entire banks of seats completely empty. Fact of the matter is, if you have an elite team the arena is going to be filled now talking about the KU game specifically folks there is one night a year that Bramlage is the single greatest collegiate venue for any sport I would put the K-State KU game since Bob Huggins returned up against any sporting event in the in in, in all of college sports in all of North American sports I legitimately think that on that night, it is the greatest venue in all of sports. The atmosphere is 
second to literally nothing. And I harp more than anyone, probably more than any K-State fan in the world, about how much uh, K-State fans put, you know, emphasis and, you know, all this desire into hating KU. And I, I stand by all of it. But that cauldron of hate builds up to literally a better atmosphere. It's better than any game in Allen Fieldhouse. It's better than Cameron Indoor when North Carolina comes to town. It is the single greatest venue for any sporting event on that night. So even if you were going to do something with Ahern, it should not be the KU game. It should be some random non-con game before they tear it down when volleyball and indoor track move out of there versus you know pit state just one time let all the old heads pay five thousand dollars one final game in ahern and then tear it down uh you know that that's my thoughts on it i i understand it's extreme and i know a ton of people don't like it and i know i'm gonna piss off will will you're great i'm sorry and i'm only saying this because i know you're not here to defend yourself because you'll talk my ear off about this the next time i see you i'm sure but there is no reason in the world we should ever play another basketball game in ahern Fieldhouse. you're correct i mean it's a good romantic idea the thought of it you know, if we could pack, if we could pack like nine thousand guys in there, and you know, have an outrageous atmosphere, it would be cool for one game. But no, and especially not against KU. Why would we do that? No. That's the best part about Bramlage is it's the student allotment is so big that it makes it literally the best place to play, the toughest place to play, at least one night a year. You're absolutely right. So no, I I shoot that idea down. Sorry. Sorry, guy. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll move on. And also, shout out to Will. It's a uh, at uh, the Ville to the Ville. If you're not following him, he's the guy that puts out all this all these great designs. So check him out. Yeah, he's great. Um, this is one that came all the way back immediately <laughs> after the two game losing streak to start Big Twelve play. But C underscore Nrad, he goes, "How does Bruce leave? Retire, fired, forced out, leave for greener pastures? Other?" Uh, I said this even after I said retire, zero doubt in my mind. And I don't think anyone can say anything other than that. I think he retires as well. Don't see him going anywhere else after this. Um, and uh, he's not getting fired anytime no, soon. He, he's not. Absolutely it, it, not it, happening. It, it's definitely not happening. And he's so old, he's not leaving for greener pastures. He's going to coach four or five more years. And then I think he probably retires. Um, the next one. Uh, Chandler Riley underscore explain to me around the context of this gif year game moment that caused the LFG <laughs> how, how many brewskis beforehand etc so there's another question that happens later in this Q&A about the LFG gif which stands for let's fucking go um, the story behind it uh, and it's on YouTube it's literally on the K-State Sports YouTube page it's my freshman year uh just going crazy during sandstorm i'm alerted uh in well we'll just we'll just keep back to it it's it's grant who's standing right next to me so baller status cat asks who's the guy standing next (laughs) to you and it's so it turns out is grant it's the co-host of this i wasn't sure if he was serious yeah i I wasn't sure still not yeah i have no idea either so uh i'm going crazy i think you hit my shoulder point to the big screen i see i'm on the big screen (laughs) i pound my chest and say with perfect diction so everyone can see what i say let's fucking go so i later uh took the youtube clip just threw lfg on there and uh 
you know, the rest is history. So it's a gif I threw out there. The story behind the game is that oh, yeah, Scott and it, I were uh, in line all day for the KU uh, game, and so it was no, snowing no, all day. No, Are you no, sure? No, oh, we 100% lost hundred percent sure. This is freshman year. So the story behind this is freshman year. It's the uh, Jacob Poland senior game. year. Okay. We kill them. In uh, the story of this ex-girlfriend, right. Caitlin, uh, oh, yes. she okay. sold you the ba- her uh, iCat ticket for all of basketball season. We got in like almost a perfect score, so we were in like the third row, and we did have to stay in Brand- or Bill Snyder Family Stadium for a long time. That's correct. Um, I remember but now. We didn't stay in the snow. That was the following year. Um, that was dreadful. That was horrible. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's the story. Was stone cold sober, um, and you know what caused the? I mean, KU called a timeout bill self i think wanted a 30 second timeout sent his guys out onto the court it was a full timeout and they just stared at us i mean it it was the single greatest sand, there hasn't been a sandstorm that's matched that one there might have been one other one when i was sitting in uh i don't know that was probably the best one there was another one when i was uh, sitting in like section 26 of the student section so i had a view of the entire student section and it played like a f- the it played like a minute and a half of that song and it had like the full built had the beginning and then you know like the quiet part. Yep. They went through the entire thing and then the the giant build up again. So that one was pretty good. I'm not rem- not remembering. I think that was me and Cole went to that game. And it was when uh, we beat KU with Spradling senior year, and we so they forced an over year. they forced an overtime. Oh my god! Yeah. So so that overtime so rushed the floor. So I was KU so mad. Forces the overtime. I was in the second row for that game. I was already over the railing, standing on the not the court side seats, but the on the court seats right in front of the student section. And then we all had to climb back for overtime. So that was a really good sandstorm. That was that. That was my uh, junior year. Um, or was it my senior? I don't know. Oh no! I've, it was my senior year because junior year is when we tied for the Big Twelve and lost to them. Twice, three times. Three actually. times. Fun yeah. times. Uh, C <laughs> underscore Enrad wants to know: Would you buy a single game KU at K State ticket if you knew KU was going to run zone defense for thirty minutes? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I have season tickets. If I didn't have season tickets, I would definitely think about it. Um, I well, mean, that's the glory of being a fan. Like, I'll say yes because yeah. I am, am doing that. Yeah, I mean, I know they're going to run zone. They did it last year, and it absolutely destroyed us. But um, it's. I think that's a misconception that we don't know how to attack a zone because we do it and we've done it before. We just Missed haven't been making shots. the shots, and it happens against god awful teams like Tulsa and you know Texas A and M and of course KU. But I don't know. I think when we just we just panic, we start to panic when we miss shots, and that's just creates a weird toxic thing. So hopefully, we just make some early shots. I agree with you. Uh, GL Ema 21, Gleema 21 is what we'll call them. Uh, in games like Texas A&M, do you see it as more of lack of a preparation or lack of in-game adjustment coaching that is our downfall? Probs some of both, but can one possibly outweigh the other if we were to do it? For games like Texas A&M, it is 100% player motivation and uh, you know being there. I mean – Here's the thing, in game in game adjustments, we got open shots in the second half. And, you know, I, I think preparation, we we were up by six at halftime and we didn't play very well. So I think that says that the game preparation was great and the in game adjustments, we were getting open shots. They just weren't falling. Uh, when it comes to a game like Texas AM, I think it truly got to a point where 
They didn't necessarily want to be there. They didn't get up for the game. And then when shots started not falling, when they saw Dean Wade go 0 for 6 during the stretch, everyone was just like, well, shit, you know, yeah. we, we don't have it. And they were maybe a little too quick to pack it. I don't know if they even necessarily packed it up. I just it just starts, shots weren't falling. It just starts from the beginning. It starts from the tip. If you don't have that mental focus and intensity that this team absolutely needs, we have to be, like, literally full throttle on defense for 40 minutes. That's our game. And then, you know, if shots don't fall and we're still full throttle playing our most intense defensive game that we can, that's still our game. That's that's what we have to hang our hat on. We're, we're not a good shooting team. We know that. So I think it just starts from the tip and not being mentally focused or not really giving a shit about that game, frankly. Because, you know, I mean, Bruce obviously is – he's makes in, he makes in-game adjustments appropriately. More often than not. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, he's not—he's definitely not a perfect in-game No, coach. that's— if, um, yeah. But there was nothing about that A&M game that told me we weren't adjusting. It, fans get so frustrated with the idea of uh, not being able to coach an offense when it's shots not falling. I mean, fact of the matter is, we had open shots. And I, there was one game, I can't remember which one it was, I said, I'm going to make a note of every time it's a four shot versus a good shot that just doesn't go in. Well, in in the game, I can't do that. I'm still at the heart of this, just like 100% a fan. And I was so, livid watching that, yeah, so, so I didn't want <laughs> to watch it that closely because I was getting too angry. Yeah, but I, I really think if you went back and rewatched that game, a lot of it truly is a uh you know the, the shots just weren't falling i know that seems too easy it's not a cop out though it really is yeah i mean uh, yeah I, I don't know we're gonna move on from that um so johnny appleseed asks which of you two emos scholars can freehand draw a better power cat post the results on the twitter sphere <laughs> with a poll um i'm gonna tell you this right now it's not me it's probably not me either <laughs> but i'm gonna draw one real quick okay um I used to do it all the time when I was a little kid. I loved to used to draw like <laughs> I would draw like uh, the K State Powercat train uh, video taking out you know the opponent's mascot. I used to do like all sorts of stuff like chief stuff. Like I remember one time the Chiefs were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, when Jerome Bettis was still there, and I drew like a bus with a bunch of arrows through it. I used to love to draw. I can't remember the last time I drew anything outside of just doodling like lines just squiggly lines inside of a meeting oh, so this is bad <laughs> I, I i don't know if i'm even gonna participate to be honest with you uh so you have to okay i will i'll, I'll also keep talking um it also just flabbergasts me that you know so many people look at the power cat they don't know what part of the power cat actually goes back to being a cat that's also I mean, I always grew up thing. thinking that the ear was the eye when I was a young boy. Yeah, I did too when I was just like a and little And I will idiot. never not see the eye as the focal point. Or, I mean, the ear as the focal point. This is so bad. Okay, so Cole yeah, didn't find I mean, out until a couple of, I found out like when I was in well, middle dad, school. My dad told me that's what like, the little condition uh, of the eye. But I can't I even remember what it looks like right now. I know. I, I don't know how much more time I need to kill to do this um that's not very good but it's not bad oh that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's awful. it's really bad okay. i'm sorry well, cole's no, no, good no, no. No. I, I i have to do it because we have to put some eh, that's better than what i'm gonna end up doing oh, so. you're not supposed to look at sorry. it sorry well it's not good i'm 
Cole's actually really good at drawing it for some reason. It's it's annoying, but I think I'll probably win this. I think it's, you're pro- it's really bad, though. They're oh both going to be terrible. <clears throat> Anyways. Oh, man, this is embarrassing. I kind of want a beer now. I made Scott drive to my house instead of going to a brewery because I didn't want to drink, but... Hold on. Now I kind of want to drink a beer. <laughs> well, keep... Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this wasn't pen. Hold on, I'm trying one more time. Otherwise, I'm just about to give up. Well, I think, Ep, you have your answer there. It's probably going to be me. I can't see what Scott's doing right now because he's behind my computer, but it's definitely going to be me. We'll we'll let Cole draw one, too, and we'll post his because his is going to be ten times better. I've seen him draw one. It's pretty pretty accurate. We will. I'll post. We'll post every single one of them. I'll look up the next question, oh I guess. Oh, God. Oh, my. Oh my god! I mean, that I don't even so know bad. what is wrong with you. I don't know. I would prefer if we. Do, I I'd prefer if we don't put these on. No, we have to. Ugh. I mean, this looks like literally if what a four-year-old would draw. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I am embarrassed. I'm literally embarrassed right now. It's Holy really bad. Crazy. Mine's terrible, but yours is like not even a power. It's not a power cat. It's some abstract, well, I, horrible. It looks like a bird. The, the that's next, yeah, that's, great, that's a lot better than ours. I'm going to try, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know. They're all ne- bad. The next time I'm doodling at work in a meeting that I should be paying attention to, Scott, I'll just. Scott's <laughs> is insanely bad. <laughs> it's really bad. All right, we'll post those for sure. Yep. All right, well, let's move on. <laughs> I Honestly, I think I would have done better if I wasn't, like, under pressure. Oh, Jesus. Um. <laughs> PV cat 82 asks, who would you rather, uh, or who would you prefer to take the last shot at half or a game? Give me the order of preference. Um, what kind of shot is it? Let's just say let's game say winning shots. So it's a set shot. I want Dean. Yes. If it's off the dribble, I want Barry. Barry. Yeah. And then, uh, second set shot, I would say cam, then Xavier Sneed, then Barry Brown, then Mac, and then driving to the rim number two, I would say Cam, then X, then Dean, then Mac. Yeah, yeah, I want Cardi driving. He did it against – he did it last year against Kentucky. Well, I'd have Cardi being my uh, number two driver. So I'd go – all right, so definitive definitive driving of guys who play minutes. I would go Barry, Cardi, Cam – X, Dean, <laughs> Mac. So of those six. Then for spot up shot, I would go Dean, Cam, X, Barry, Cardi, Mac. You know what I think would be a good little trick up our sleeve is a final shot by Mac, like a little baseline like ten footer that no he'd probably be all alone. Drive and dish to a little a little nice jumper from Mac. I, I don't know if I would trust I, it, but he's pretty he, he'd be he's open. pretty smooth. He'd be open. So that that's where I'm at. He's got a decent jumper on it. Do you, you want to have anything definitive? I mean, definitively, if I want a final shot, it's probably Dean or Barry. I don't really have to go in an order like you. Okay. Um, Let's be honest. It's going to be Barry. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be Barry. Uh, all right, so Ballish Ass Cast, how do you deal with the drama that is brisketball? The ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the rage, the questions, 
the doubts, the hashtag hope. Um, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm riding it pretty level. Um, I, 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 I didn't go over the top crazy during the highs. Um, during the lows, I was, I, I kind of stay, stayed in my spot. I think I've just decided to believe in this team and ride the middle is what I'm trying to do, which goes against everything I've done my entire life. Yeah. Um, that's how I've dealt with it. Just telling myself, hey, this is a good team. They can contend. Um, and just trying to keep keep the dream alive. I mean, he basically just described sports and what it's like to yeah. be a fan for probably ninety yeah. percent of fans. I mean, unless you're ten like percent of people, right? Ten percent of fans who are psychotic, by the way, they win so much and they boo their players out of the stadium. But I mean, ten percent of fans probably are habitual like title winners. I would say probably less than yeah. that. Way less. I mean, because actually. if you think, just think American sports. It's the New England Patriots, right? Like during this run, we've it's had the a Patriots. Couple. It's you know Alabama. It's yeah. the Golden State Warriors right now, and everyone else. It's everyone just else has to deal, to with, deal with shitty disappointment. I mean, most of the time, that's sports. Yeah, it, Occa- that's what makes the occasional highs so good. Yeah, though, so. it's it's amazing. Um, here's uh, Derek Litke, who he he asks quite. He's a good question asker. Um, he goes, what's the realistic record for football next season? Do you think Kansas State can compete with a national championship under Kleiman? And when do you think we start seeing success, success under Coach K? So let's take it one by one. I like how we're embracing just Coach K now, like it's <laughs> us. That's our own. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think I'm it should just be Coach, Coach Cly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I prefer, but whatever. It is what it is. All right, so let's take it piece by piece. What's the realistic record for football this season? Next season, I, no, I mean, it's this season. Frankly, we're in 2019, so realistic. Um, like range wise, I'd say it's got to be like four and eight to at best, at best seven and five for me. Yeah, I'm at the same spot. I've started to talk my like, but who knows? That's a lie. Well, I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's I, so I hard. Think, I think if you gave me, if you said, "Hey, you die unless you pick <laughs> a three game window." That's the three-game window I'm 100%. Um, it is huge that we are returning big-time experience like at the quarterback. That's yeah. massive. And, and we don't know how Coach Kleiman is going to adjust to you know the Big 12. And I think he's an outstanding coach. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. But it's a different animal when you're coming and facing elite, genuinely elite talent and elite you know offensive minds every single week. It's going to be a huge – it might be a huge wake-up call. Hopefully not. But I believe in our staff. I believe in him. But if I had to pick that window, it would be 4-8, and 7-5. and five. I mean, because – Or 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're not going to win versus Mississippi State, so you have two non-con wins. Um, I, I think you're going to beat KU, but I, I think that game is going to be closer than what folks want to real. I mean, we barely beat them at home last year going to Lawrence – you know, Les Miles will have that game circled his entire year. But even if you get that, that's only three right there. Then all of a sudden it's yeah. like Tech, you, you get Tech at home, right? Get but, Tech at home. Right. Uh, you get West Virginia at home. So you have two new coaches coming home. Um, can you keep beating Oklahoma State? I mean, I feel like I Oklahoma know. State is going to be a battle 
year in and year out for some weird reason. We just always battle I mean, each we other. We happened to beat their ass last year, but it's always just like yeah, an but, absurd Yeah, but it's game. like we like finally won yeah. there last year, but it's like history says you're not going to win in Stillwater. You're not going to beat Oklahoma. You're not going to beat Texas. Like, guys, Texas is back. I don't I – mean, it's going to be a while, I think, before we beat Texas. Ha- people are – I don't bl- I don't buy that because for some reason we still have some weird voodoo over Texas occasionally. But I, I mean, Iowa State's I, the ha- darling. Yeah, I I think we're about to go into a dark age versus Iowa State football. Uh, maybe they're still Iowa State though. They are still Iowa State, but I feel like they kind of purged that last year. Possibly. I don't know. I but again, I think between four and eight, seven and five, but that doesn't change anything. I love the staff. They're doing a bang up job recruiting. Um, I think they can get it up and running. So the next part of that question, uh, can we compete for a national championship under Kleiman? No. Um, I, I don't think – th- this sucks. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I don't think K-State will ever compete for a national ch- championship in football ever again. I think we've gotten to a point where I think the playoff hurts K-State because, yes, you might have a better shot of making it into the playoff, but under a two, like just a national championship game scenario, all you have to do is beat one team with better talent than you. Uh, now, as it currently stands, you have to beat two teams with better talent than you to go to the national championship. And then if once it expands to eight, that means you're going to have to not only win a Big 12 title, which, you know, comp talent, let's say a semi or a quarterfinal comp talent, and then two more games on top of that better talent. I just never think it will I, – I, I don't think we'll ever even sniff a national championship in football ever again. Um, that's my thoughts. I mean, I'm gonna. It's okay to dream a little bit. I believe in climbing. I think you know, maybe. I think our goal should be let's get to the playoff and see what happens. But I mean, realistically, our goal should be let's let's get to the Big Twelve Championship and yep. see what happens. But for us to get into the playoff, even now, I it's funny because I used to think, man, once the playoff started, it it helps us to get into the playoff. But no, no not anymore. There's it, it, it's so hard to get in now. Well, it's it's tough to get in and. It, it truly like look at the 2012 season. Um, they got utterly demolished, not demolished, but they they were properly beat by Oregon, right? We would have gotten beaten by Alabama. It was going to take a perfect storm to a get into the national title. We had it, and too. then we blew to it, play frankly. a team like Notre Dame that you would have beat. Um, you're not going to get that luck in the playoff era. It's it's impossible. Um, and now, even when you look at it, until the Big 12 gets a uh, automatic bid, I think you know if you're not going to go undefeated, it's going to be tough. And yeah. again, I, I just I don't ever see us getting to the point where we're consistently bringing in top, let's say just top 20 recruiting classes every year. So you're getting you know the upper percentile of ta- like or you know top fifth talent in the nation then you say hey we have a better coach in theory i mean if climbing yeah but, but i mean because that's just the thing it, it would take coach climbing being a you know unless climbing is coach. the guy like well yeah you know, and i don't think he is the guy i think he's going to be a good coach i think we can compete for big 12 titles but it's going to take year in year out so a four-year cycle right. where you're top 20 recruiting every year for four years straight and Coach Kleiman being a top 10 coach to even have a realistic shot at being national title. I mean, title. 
Yeah, guys. Have you? Did you watch the title game? Do you do you well, understand and, how and it, just how good Clemson is? How far and, ahead they are yeah, in every and, single aspect. And, and here's the thing: Nick Saban's not going to be around forever. But guess what? Dabo Sweeney will. And and for folks who want to dream, I, I I can point to Clemson because you know Clemson was a nothing for a very long time, and then they got to a team where they're just habitual, just bottlers. They were they were almost like Tottenham, you know. But then they finally broke through. You know, you can look at only some of Tottenham those. is can, like Tottenham. You can look at like Oregon, some teams that in our lifetime have kind of gone from nothing to something. Look at Auburn. You know, they've they've you know, <laughs> you know they've they've been crap and then they've gotten to the peaks. Um, it can happen, but it's but folks, it's going to take four years, n- no falling off, top twenty talent. For four years straight, Ann Kleiman's going to have to be a better coach than Bill Snyder. Yeah, it's – I mean, for us to even get into the playoff, we would have to go 13-0 and and win the Big 12 championship, probably. Uh, probably. Like, I mean, think about it. It's K-State. It's the Big 12. I mean, it, We're it, not it a depends, big name. It, it would depends. Be t- I mean, because, you it know, our non-con schedule, happening. we're always going to have one power five. Texas is back. I don't care what you say. Oklahoma's always going to be good. You're going to have an I, – I believe that a one-loss Big 12 champion not named Oklahoma and Texas can get there. I'm not buying the whole brand thing. I'm, I'm not. I think that if you're a deserving one-loss champion from the Big 12, as K-State, you can get in. But it's I still keep coming back to it's going to take – and uh, we're going we're gonna to be very happy with this recruiting class. It's not going to break the top 70. You basically have to be uh, – I don't know. I, th- that's the formula. Four straight years of top twenty uh, recruiting classes, and Coach Kleiman being one of the greatest coaches in college football. So, I don't yeah. think there's any chance that happens. It's literally You're all dream. about talent. And then the next one is when do you think you can start seeing success under Coach K? Depends on what you're calling success. If you're saying bowl game, hopefully next year. But here's the thing, and I hate to be this guy, the following year is going to be way worse. 2019, you have a shot at being a bowl team. I think 2020 is going to be ugly. So I think once you start saying sustained success, moving in the uh, you know in the future, having bowl streaks, I say 2021 is the target season. Yeah, I agree. Which sucks because that'll be a new quarterback. Yeah, it will. Um, I I'm scared. I'm very scared. We have just we're going to end up wasting Skylar Thompson. Probably. I. I think that'll be one of the biggest what-ifs of K-State football history. We'll see what Coach Clyde can get out of him. Yeah. Um, so we'll go to Austin Rolfs, 12. When will the Boneheads see their first live edition of Bosco's Boys in 2019? Um, Matt Halsland of the DMs, I don't know if you saw that, Grant. but I didn't. He, uh, he was saying that we need to do something around the Big 12 uh, tournament with the uh, Rivals guys. So you might see a live Bosco's Boys KSO event in uh, 2019 surrounding the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. I don't know when it would be before that. Uh, yeah, if it's not that, then probably never, because I don't see anyone ever coming to a live Bosco's Boys show, considering, I mean, we don't get enough people to come when we ever have, like, you know, meet and greets. It's, like, always a couple people, but... I mean, we'll the, see. the tailgate turned out ha- to be, like, 25 folks. That was good, for sure, but that, that was, was at a game. So that like, was true. It would be tough. I mean, Big Twelve tournament definitely. That's probably the best. Dis- probably the best before option. a tailgate. Yeah, because I think we're gonna tailgate. try to do a tailgate again. Um, wanky check, which is an amazing, you know, the country check. That's that's a pretty good handle. Um, how do you foresee Alex Dalton's season with TCU going? 
and how does he fare as he trots out as their starter versus the Cats? Um, that's the first part. And then the second part, and for us recent grads, can we expect an episode honoring Dr. Pat Bass or Pat Pat Bosco and his decades of service to our alma mater. First off, how do you see Delton doing at TCU? I think he'll be fine. Um, I think he'll be serviceable. Yeah. Similar to what we saw at K-State. Yeah. Uh, We're going to have the better quarterback in that game. Um, But I don't think – I don't think Alex Delton will be the decider of that game. I think it's going to be TCU's defense versus our offense. What is TCU's, you know, quarterback situation? Really bad. Did you watch Cheez-A Bowl? (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I missed that. I didn't get to watch that. So basically, I mean, let's just assume Alex Elton is their starting quarterback from start to finish. I assume we're going to see the similar Alex Elton that we saw at K-State. He's yeah. going to be a good runner, but not Trouble a very good passer. And injury prone. Yeah, injury prone, and, you know, it is what it is. I wish I him nothing but the best. I mean, I, I saw some folks getting a little salty about it, but, you know, he's a grad transfer. He, you know, for all you folks who are, you, you know, the KU football game means the world to you. If he didn't decide to put his – literally put his life on the line, we lose that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have no, like yeah. – I don't care, whatever. He's not a K-State player anymore. It's yeah, whatever. I, I want, I want the best grad. for him. I hope we beat him. He did graduate. Um, One of some games. Yeah, who cares? I think he'll maybe – He'll have them in bowl game contention, but I think TCU is going to be in a similar spot as us. I think that's a game that you need to target, that you want to win as a Cat fan. As for Pat Bosco, we're not going to do an episode talking about him. He's a good dude. Anyone who went to school at K-State knows how great he is, but I don't think we have any uh, plans (laughs) to do a full Pat Pat Bosco uh, episode. I mean, he's not even the most important Bosco to this podcast. No, I mean – yeah, we've we've already got enough Bosco going on here. Exactly. Uh, at Caleb Unnel, I don't, I don't know this last name. Um, he goes, how long before the NCAA NFL use modern technology to help officiate games? Uh, there has to be a more efficient and streamlined ways to call games. What would be Bosco's Boys three implements to solve this issue? First off, unless you're going to go full robot eye in the sky referees i think part of like the human air when it comes to officiating that's sports um i think in our lifetime assuming we i think within the next 40 years uh like human referees are going to be a thing in the past i do think we're going to get to a spot where um that you know refereeing on the field becomes obsolete it'll be all video review type stuff but i know what's going to happen then there's going to be uh People are gonna hack them, and they're gonna no, start. No, no, I think like there'll be like a team watching video. Like there'll be like one. <laughs> There's gonna white be a robot ha- on the field. No, no, no. no. People are gonna hack the robot, and it's gonna <laughs> have bad calls, and no, are, it's gonna I, I affect betting that. and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, what, I don't have three implementations. No, I don't. Honestly, I think the way college football does it is 100% correct. Um, every play is quote unquote reviewable. Yes, it it creates you know, some longer games, but I think they do it right. I don't think the NFL does it right. And I don't want to see penalties challenged. I don't want to see pass interference challenged. Um, do you think the, that there should be like uh, retroactive, like punishment or like maybe fines for referees for like egregiously no, bad calls? No. Yeah. I see Re- that a lot. Professional referee. Well, and even collegiate referees as a whole have some of the hardest jobs in America. Like it, can you imagine like you have these like superhuman guys going at the speed of light and here you are, you know, 
a guy who all referee almost all referees are in pretty good shape. They're running around with them, but you're not a superhuman like just freak athlete. You're gonna miss stuff. It happens so fast. I think there could be a situation. And here, this is literally what it's gonna be. And let until you go <laughs> full on eye in the sky. Hey, buzz down to the referee. Hey, that was pass interference. Like in, unless you're gonna go that far, I wouldn't really change anything when it comes to officiating. God, it seems I I wouldn't either, but. Doesn't it? It seems to me like I'll use I don't know. For example, the miss pass interference call in like the Saints game that was like insane, or maybe the Tom Brady the yeah. pass the rough in the passer that where he just slapped his shoulder. How on earth does it not take literally five seconds to fix that? Be like, hey, uh, no, pick that flag up. Yeah, no that, good. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if we want to get to that, that's the only change I would say. Is basically I agree. Say, it shouldn't it, be that it, hard. And, it should don't, and honestly, it should only be in the NFL because let's get 100% real. You cannot have a dedicated person for NCAA games doing that because, I mean, if you just want to say FBS football, in any given day you have, like, a hundred games going, even more than a hundred games. Uh, actually, right around a hundred games, like 110 games a weekend in college football. You cannot have 110 guys watching a video feed and doing that. For the NFL, yes. I think in the NFL, they really should go to an eye in the sky, basically say, hey, if something's egregious, I'm going to radio down and tell you, hey, pick that up. It Otherwise, be I'm that not hard, changing anything. But I wouldn't change it either. It's too, it's just too much. All right, um, JL Kurtz asks, who is your most famous bonehound? And then Steve Z, SL Keck goes, the fuck is a bonehound? So uh, for those of you who weren't following, uh, John Kurtz wanted to start calling our fans bonehounds. It was right after the new year. Um, I think and we had this little joke saying, any fan that became a listener after January 1st, 2019, you guys are bonehounds. The rest of you guys are still boneheads. I, I don't know if we're really going to keep to that. It was just like a fun little joke. No, uh, but that's, you, that's not actually true. You're all still boneheads. Yeah, you're all boneheads. But we'll answer the question as bonehead. Yeah, so most famous – I mean, I think we have three guys who cash checks from NFL teams uh, listening to us. It's got to be a player. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Reggie Walker had the longest career, Ian Campbell, uh, and then Travis Tannehill. I mean, you got three – guys who cash checks from the NFL. So I think it has to be one of those three. Kurtz has a pretty good following. I'm not Kurtz sure how a, often he listens, but he's got a pretty good following. Yeah, but, I mean, Reggie Walker. I mean. Reggie, for sure. It's got to be Reggie. I think it's Reggie Walker. Um, you know, but Gene listens. He's the athletic director. Um, I, I know a ton of folks in the athletic department listen. I don't know how famous any of them are. Um, TB. Yeah. I think. He's uh, becoming kind of famous. He is. He is. Um, Matt Hall, I mean, he, you know, he's kind of famous. He he goes on K-Man quite a he's bit. He's famous to me. He is famous. So, But I think the official, I think we're going to say Reggie Walker probably. I'm fine with that. All right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, SL Keck goes, uh, what is the most underrated TV show of all time? I think this has to do with personal taste. I have a couple answers. All right, let's hear them. I would say... This show, this show is extremely underrated, and it's a great show. The Drew Carey Show. Very funny sitcom. Never watched a single it's, episode. It's really funny. It's, it's on any of the streaming? I don't think so. Um, See, that's, a, that's definitely what hurts it. I mean, I feel like no one ever watched that show. It's great. I'm sure you've seen, like, part of it. Had, yes. It had yes. Mimi on yes, there. Yes, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, know yeah. exact, I know the exact cast, but I would say I, another I've one here that it, I think is 
slightly underrated. Maybe I'm wrong. Malcolm in the Middle, banger. I watched through that whole thing like kind of recently. It's so funny. Holds up very well. I don't know. It's got to be like it's got it's kind of be like older shows like that. Bernie Mac show is also very good. Bernie Mac show. I did watch a Bernie Mac show. I feel that like that's kind of underrated. Good. I don't um, hear people talking about that often, but it's a great show. Yeah. So I. If we want to keep with that sitcom type stuff, take it however I, you want. I think Parks and Rec is underrated for the pure reason. I think that when you look at pure character development and every single character is likable, I think that knocks it out of the park. I think it mainly comes down to I'm a very passionate person when I say I think Parks and Rec is better than The Office. Parks and Rec is really funny. It's so good. that's kind of why I call it underrated, but I think it gets its due. People watch it on Netflix. It's on Comedy Central a lot. And then here's my pick when it comes to like dramas. And I, I can't think of a drama. Well, so th- this kind of this is just kind of you know the genre I like the USA dramas. So you know Burn Notice, uh, Suits. Suits is still going. Massive Suits fan, and then uh, White Collar. So those are three USA dramas that I watch beginning. I have watched beginning to end. Um, Burn Notice and White Collar, they're off air now. Very satisfying final season and finales. And White Collar, uh, or not White Collar, uh, and Suits is still going, and they've done a very good job weaving in and out main characters. You know, it just it's just a very good fluid show. Another um, show like that would be Law & Order SVU. Yeah. That, Incredible show. I think that's I properly I would, rated. Though. I don't know if I would call it underrated because it's been on for like – 18 seasons and it's incredible i my girlfriend literally watches that every single day it's ridiculous it's constantly on in her house yeah but it's great so that's what we think is underrated boneheads tweet in uh to the show tell us what you think is underrated sl keck calling you out specifically tell us what you think is underrated uh moving on to c underscore nrad have you had a chance to watch Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix? Thoughts? I have watched it. I thought it's amazing. I love these in-depth documentaries about sports. And it's not just about what happens on the field, but what happens in the front office. They're you know, almost begging for more money to buy players and dealing with crazy fans. And then also just the fan culture surrounding European soccer is what brought me into like becoming a Chelsea fan. Everything that goes into being – just the culture around European soccer, all of it intrigues me. You get all of that in Sunderland till I die. Yes, I have not seen it yet, but I've been I've been meaning to watch it. It looks incredible. I've heard only good things about it, so I'll watch it. Um, here's T underscore Hope, and this is something that we talked about uh, before we started recording. If you had an limited budget. What would be the first thing you would do to KSU Cat Athletic Facilities? I am going to say one thing. If you have an unlimited budget that doesn't have anything to do with facilities, uh, budgets, operating stuff, etc., but we will answer in the manner that you asked it. Grant, what are you doing? I don't have a good answer. Um, you know, I, I, I like the one that you landed on before we started recording. What did I say? Something about... A crazy a, great indoor facility. Oh yeah, building a a new football. First, I mean, I don't know. I would go straight to football facilities and just upgrade f- everywhere from top to bottom. Even though we basically have brand new facilities, but I would make make every aspect of our football facilities the best on planet Earth. That's what I would do. Make sure we're number one in facilities in the country. Facilities. I don't know. 
Multiple facilities. Yeah, we got an unlimited budget, baby. Yeah, but he asked the first thing. That first thing I'll do, uh, indoor, new indoor practice there, facility. There you go. <laughs> I am building the Taj Mahal of dormitories. And granted, this is a little bit cheating because the rule with the NCAA is any sort of on-campus living facilities have to, have to be 51% general population students, 49% athletes. But I would have literally the biggest and best dormitory facility that would be capable of holding every single scholarship athlete male and female so it's going to be just this massive thing it's going to look like a trump tower <laughs> and that's what i'm doing and again 51 percent of the uh folks living there have to be general students so hey you guys get a great facility as well i like it uh tyler also asked because that's his name hof t underscore hof what is your earliest KC Cat football memory? I think I've said this before. I don't know. I, th- I feel like I have memories of being at the 96 Cotton Bowl. Just being there. I have no memory of the game, but I remember being there, so I guess that's technically it. But say my earliest memory that I remember vividly, probably, maybe 2000 Oklahoma game where I could – I remember that game pretty much start to finish, and the blocked punt is something that's, like, stamped into my brain. I do remember 98 Nebraska slightly, but, like, not in great detail. I remember 98 Nebraska very, very, very vividly. Um, And then I also remember watching the 98 game versus Missouri from a bar and grill in San Diego and being super nervous because I'm like, here we are. We finally beat Nebraska, and that game was way closer than I think I listened to that on the radio. Yeah, it, that we went to some place in San Diego that it might have been a pay per view. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I, I just remember being in this bar and grill in uh, San Diego uh, and just thinking this is way too, way too close. We used to watch every single game, like every single away game at Bullfrogs in Topeka. Always used to be on, and it would be full of K State fans. It was great. I miss that. Yeah, now it's all KU fans. Uh, <laughs> T underscore Hof also says better quarterback Klein or Beasley. I think it's Klein, but Beasley's underrated. Beasley's extremely underrated, but I think this is pretty easy. I feel like it's it's got to be Klein. It's definitely Klein. Um, he's a Heisman finalist for Pete's sake. Yeah, I mean, and and he was very good. Yeah, he he was very good. Um, I don't think it's close, but Beasley's underrated. Agree. Um, Baller Sass Cat, that's the who's the dude next to you in the LSG it's me, gift. Jay that's, Hall. Yeah. I don't know. Were you are looking you? at your phone like immediately because you cough and then you like are looking at your phone? I cough. Yeah, I was I was like looking at my phone. No, I don't know. I gotta pull this up. I think I cough first, looking at my phone, then I see you on the screen. I'm like, I see us on the screen. Then you just lose your mind. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll keep rolling. It's a um, perfect GIF for the show. Uh, what's KSU men's basketball record to finish the conference season? So this was asked before our show got published. I think. What did I land? Did I land you on thirteen and five? five? Yeah, thirteen and five. You said either thirteen and five or twelve and four or twelve and six. I'll say twelve and six. Right, twelve and six. Boom. Uh, T underscore Hove comes back. The Industrial Revolution changed the face <laughs> of the American novel forever. Discuss citing specific examples. I Googled this before. I'm pretty sure this is a Billy Madison quote, right? <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, I didn't. Oh, I, is that from like, yeah. that little competition where he's, that's where that guy says, like, that's the, what you have just said is like the yeah. dumbest. Yeah. I, I think. Know. I think. I, I don't know. I, 
I don't really have much on. I mean, the only thing I would say is if you're talking about like literally print, I mean, once printing presses became far more. Printing you know, press is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. And then also the cost of paper went down because they used to use rags. Uh, I did some research on it, but I don't know. I just about think, that. I mean, it's a good thing, <laughs> obviously, yeah, but. It would be a horrendous if time you actually to be think about working all, in that time. Yeah, if you actually think about all great American novels, I actually think you would find that they all, you know, don't really change. It's just the same kind of category for, you know, storytelling. I, I, in fact, the matter is when it comes to storytelling, 99% of them all follow a hero's journey. Yes. Almost to a T. I'm just glad that I didn't have to work in that time and get my arm ripped off by, like, a spinning Jenny or whatever and then yeah. still have to go back to work because I have, like, nine kids. and Yeah. They're working in a coal mine. I, I'm happy to live when I do. Uh, this comes from Natalie underscore Jill. So Nat's all. Oh, my. Yeah. Which beauty pageant contestant on The Bachelor do you hate less, Alabama or North Carolina? I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm just going to guess Alabama. Well, Hannah B is Alabama. She comes off as super crazy. Like last week, she's, she's crying. She goes, you just have to believe me. And that tells me that you are not to be not to be believed. Uh, so, Kaylin, Miss North Carolina, I hate you a little bit less. I actually think there's a shot she ends up being the next Bachelorette if she lasts long enough. Yeah, um, when people are, like, saying believe me. No, over I, and over. That's a just. A I will never red flag. If, if anyone ever just looks at me crying and says, "You have to believe me and can't give me anything else," no, no. Um, Mike Mike Smith and as always, the E is a th- three and the S is a five. He goes, "If China's power continues to rise, <laughs> how easy will it be to get Asian states to balance against it?" This is what I'm going to say. As long as we're <laughs> still, but hey, as long as we keep a very good relationship with Japan and South Korea. I think our influence and balance in the region will be fine. Those are the only two Asian states that we would be able to count on. Um, no, I agree with you, but like that's the key of keeping those two as two and three. China's scary. Any people that are afraid of Russia are no, I, not correct. Like, all right, Russia's trying really hard, but they're getting caught. China is messing with us far more than Russia is, but they're just better at it. China. Well, yeah, Russia's bad. They what they love to do is meddle in democracy. It's just what they are. But they have a GDP of a small European country. They're not a yeah. threat at all. <laughs> I mean, at Can- all. Kansas's GDP can rival China Russia's. China is literally terrifying. They're going to be running the world with technology and yeah, horrible Ch- malware. China is the only country I'm scared of. But I truly believe as long as Japan and South Korea become reliable allies in the region, they keep you know their own resources up. We'll be fine. It's all going to be technological warfare it's gonna be scary so just you know enjoy your playstation now while you have it mike also asks who's your early favorite for newcomer of the year with the football team hmm newcomer of the year i think hunter risen's the easy one that's the easy one hunter risen dip into the freshman i think keenan garber will also be a guy uh william jones the tcu cal commit uh in the defensive backfield we flipped Jonathan Alexander, the JUCO defensive back. Yeah. James Gilbert, the grad transfer running back. So Ooh, I think yeah, definitely it's either Gilbert or probably Ryzen. Ryzen has a chance to step into like, you know, a receiving core that needs him desperately, and obviously uh, the running back. We don't have. He's gonna play. Yeah, he's James Gilbert will be. The he's starter. gonna be the starter. So probably James Gilbert actually. Yep, I I agree with you. Um. Prez04 asks, would you rather continue the Big 12 SEC Challenge for the next six years or would you rather face a different conference? 
if you'd rather change conference, who would you choose? I'm fine with it, um, but if you're forcing me to choose, I'd say the ACC. Oh, ACC to me would be a much better challenge. It would just be far more interesting. You have, you know, just better teams yeah. across the board to play. I think we would probably not win that challenge, but maybe I don't know. ACC is pretty stacked. At least their top, their top teams. It seems like they have some legit teams, but that would be more fun. I'd I'd rather I'd rather the ACC and the Big Ten over honestly the SEC, but it is was it is what it is. I, I actually it, prefer the deal. SEC to the Big Ten, but um, doesn't matter because we got six more years. But we also start with the Big East next year, so we're gonna have two challenges. Uh, Blake Morris asks, how many of the 2020 football recruits that came up for Junior Day do we end up signing? How many of the 2019 recruits that we set up official visits do we miss on? Uh, for 2019, I mean, there's not a lot of spots left, right? As we're like today, we recorded it. We got Clyde Price, the running back out of North Kansas City, to commit, and then Joshua Youngblood, a wide receiver out of Florida, to commit. So we don't have That's that my many new favorite spots. Player. I know, I love that name. Um, <laughs> Gavin Porter is the only like verbal commit that's kind of up in the air. It's going to be between us, Tech, and KU. And then they're just trying to fill out the rest of the spots with a couple of defensive tackles, a couple of running backs. Uh, math says you can't take them all, so you're going to miss out on some of them. Uh, 2020 recruits, I mean, Turner Corcoran came in, offensive tackle from Free State. I'm cautiously optimistic we get him. Malik Berry, athlete out of Free State. If we want him, we'll get him. Hayden Paul's offensive tackle of Emporia, his recruiting is exploding. Iowa State, Iowa, Nebraska. Uh, but I think we end up, again, if we do everything correctly, I think we're going to get him. Nate Matlock, defensive end from Olathe East, I think he might be the first commit of the 2020 class. Kai Thomas, running back, Topeka. Topeka, Gat, Hala, I think he'll end up at K-State. Uh, Daniel Jackson, Bishop Miege, he's going to Notre Dame, but you know we're going to fight with him. It might be closer than we, you know, the Notre Dame wants. Um, Dante Manning, he's at Raytown. He's a cornerback. Um, I'm not sure if we'll end up with him, but you know we're going to battle for him. There's another defensive end, uh, Felix Anuduke. Uh, I don't know, but Lee Summit, uh, I, probably up in the air. Uh, Devonte Key, wide receiver out of Raytown. He was a guy who loved his visit to K-State. And then Matthew Roberts, defensive end slash outside linebacker, St. Thomas Aquinas. I think we get him and his little brother in the 2021 class might be a five-star, and we're going to be in for him. I basically got most of this information from Derek Young at K-State Online. Tell your friends. Go to our friends at K-State Online. Yeah, I don't have anything to add there. Yeah, and I asked him before I used all of it. I sent him a DM. I was like, hey, what can I say about this? And he was just like, you're good to say whatever you want. So, But, hey, they, they cover recruiting better than anyone in the game. Uh, so if you want if you want all your in-depth premium K-State <laughs> stuff, go to K-State Online. They're our friends. Uh, Greg, KSU 1027, go back to your name, Big House Greg. For real. Um, he's living in Kansas City this summer. What are some must-try spots? Uh, or no spots slash events I need to go to. Um, go to. You're 21 now, Greg. Right, I believe. Greg is 21, so obviously, Greg, let's get your get your little butt down to um, Crossroads. Crossroads, and there's a tons of things there. But first thing you should do is go to Double Shifts because that's at least it's our favorite brewery. Um, then hit up uh, tons of breweries down there. Casual, casual animal. animal. Have you been to Imperial? Imperial? Yeah, I've been to Imperial. It's all good right. things. It's about all right. It. Um, City Brewing uh, or City Barrel Brewing Company is opening up very soon. 
ITAP's a good place. There's tons of bars and restaurants down you've there. You've got Mission Taco. You've got Grinders. You've got uh, Parlor down there now, oh, which yep. is the new hot thing, which is I haven't been there, but I've been to this place similar. They that have I really like a like. place like a Tapcade. I don't know what. No, they, they actually have Tapcade down there. I don't know. I think there's a couple arcade uh, bars down there. Um, events. There's a couple brewing festivals. There's Boulevardia. Depends um, on where you're living, too. Yeah, yeah. It does depend. If you want sporting events, uh, sporting KC games plus the U.S. Men's National Team's coming to town for the Gold Cup. Um, there's a ton to do. If you want to go to Waldo. Um, around Waldo, Casey Beer Company's over there. Um, great happy hour over at uh, Summit. Summit. It's all good. Boru, phenomenal ramen. Love it. Haven't been there yet. You should try it. It's so damn good. And then all the best barbecue in the world. So, Greg, hit us up this summer. Let's hang out. Uh, here's a big one, and we're already going longer than I thought we would. Um, but this is one I'm going to go in depth on. So, just a spoiler right. alert. Q&As Chuck James. Go, Q&As go a little long. They do. Um, he goes, Chuck James, uh, is it 919? Yep, 919. Rank players not in the rafters in order of deserving. God. So I I have quite a bit on this. So I I'll kind of get out of the way if you want to just throw this. stuff out there. Rank so players. So just tell me, who are, who are guys rafters. that are not in the rafters that you think should be? Because oh, okay. I, I, I did some research. Frankly, I think the first person that should go in the rafters is Michael Beasley. I would put him over there first over Jacob Pullen. That's not going to happen, but he's the best player that we've literally ever had, and he should be in the rafters, and he should go there now. I think they should go in there together maybe, but who knows. Actually, no, no Jacob want, Jacob should have basically. I want them both to have their own night. Yeah, they probably should. Um, So Pullen, so I'm making kind of a case for people that I think should go in the rafters that are not there. Yep. Oh, that's short list. Jacob Pullen, Michael Beasley. I would – be fine if Rodney Magruder went into the rafters. After that, ooh, not sure. I don't. I'd have to do a little bit of research, so I'll let you take it. Over. I did do some research. Right. This is what I did. My this is what I spent my lunch break at work today. Uh, <laughs> me being the good little worker bee I am, I was actually in my desk doing work by five fifteen this morning. But I took the full hour and I did research on this because this is something I'm very passionate about. You're one hundred percent. Out of the must-haves in the modern era, no questions asked, Pullen and Michael Beasley need to be up there the second they say, hey, I can make it back for this day. You drop everything and you make it happen. Uh, and this is where I kind of get a little frustrated with some of the folks that, you know, I'm not going to rehash the argument about Barry Brown, folks saying he's a top five player of all time, because we have some like literal like all-time old-school guys that I feel should be up there. Um, the very first one is F.I. Reynolds. So this motherfucker, he, sorry, sorry, Mom, I know you listen. So he was the very first <laughs> All-American this year. I did school, not expect yeah, that. I know. I get passionate I about it. the jerseys. Uh, the very first All-American, first-team All-American case I ever had, that was from 1917. And he was the first ever player of the year in the Missouri Valley in 1917 and K-State won the conference championship that year. Uh, there is no excuse that my guy FI should not be in the rafters. The next one, Rick Harmon. He was a first team all American on the 1950 team. He also led the team to the 1950 big seven, uh, basketball conference title. Uh, the next one, Steve Mitchell. He was first team all American back in 1973. And he was also one of the leaders on back to back big eight championships in 1972 and 1973. So those are old school guys 
that I would say no questions asked need to be in the rafters. Uh, the next guys that I have that are old school guys that I'm leaning towards yes. So it's like, hey, if we're just like hey, rafter party, I lean towards yes. Oh, second beer. Oops. First beer for me. First beer for you. Um, So old school guys that I'm not passionate about like the first ones, but I think should go up there. Frank Groves. He was – on the first team all big six three times. I don't know how many first team all conference guys we have. I actually think he might be the only one. So I think he needs to go up there. The next one, Steve Honeycutt. He was a two time all big eight guy back in the 70s or 60s or 70s. I forgot to put down the years on them. So um, I think those guys probably should be up there as well. So now the next list I have are the modern era close, but not quite. The first one I have up there is Denny Clemente. He hit over 1,000 points only playing two years for K-State. He was the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year, and he made a fourth-team All-American list for Fox Sports. Then he made two uh, Big 12 second-team thank you very much uh, teams uh, the two years he was at K-State. Uh, so he's on my not-quite list. My next one who's on the not-quite list, Bill Walker. Oh, was a, Billy. He was a freshman All-American, third-team All-Big 12, uh, you know, helped usher in this new era of K-State sports. He's on my not-quite list. And my ne- my final guy on the not-quite list of the modern era would be Cartier Martin, uh, two-time uh, second-team All-Big 12 player, and he was the sixth man of the year uh, because, if you recall, senior year, he came off the bench with Bob Huggins. Uh, so... Those are my modern era guys, close but no cigar. Uh, so the next list I have are modern era that I'm leaning towards, yes, but I'm not super passionate about. So Steve Henson's on that list. He was an All-American honorable mention. He had a first-team All-Big 8, a second-team All-Big 8, uh, NBA draft pick. He's on quite a few leaderboards throughout the time, so he's on there. The next one, Rodney Magruder, uh, all-American, honorable mention. As a sophomore, he was a third-team All-Big 12. As a junior, second-team All-Big 12. And he was a first-team All-Big 12 as a senior. And he was on the All-Big 12 defensive team. And the final one on the modern era, leaning towards yes, but not really passionate about, Norris Coleman. He was a two-time All-Big 8 player, and he was the Big 8 newcomer of the year uh, back in the uh, 80s. I think he was late 80s. Um Modern era, still work to do. I put Barry Brown on the list. His accomplishments are second team all Big 12, and he was on the Big 12 all defensively. For him to get into my modern era, leaning towards yes, but not passionate about, needs some honorable um, all American, honorable mention all American or better. Needs to be first team all Big 12. He could help his case getting Big 12 or defensive player of the year uh, accolades. And then if we were to win the Big 12, if we were to make another run in uh, in March, and he has some iconic moments, I would think about it. But I really need him to make first team All Conference and get some sort of national recognition before I do it. Um, and then, honestly, Dean Wade is closer to being in the rafters for me than Barry Brown. Yes, I know Barry Brown has more scoring, etc. But Dean Wade, he's gotten that first team All Big Twelve honor he got last year. He's also been on the All Newcomer League. Uh, list as well so i i honestly think he's a little bit closer so that's what i have to say 
I, I wish do I think could. we need to honor some of these older guys. We have a ton of all Americans that aren't up there, and uh, you know, I don't know. I th- I think we need to get some of these old guys. I need does my it, guy I, F I F I Reynolds. It does seem nineteen seventeen baby. It does seem for having such a storied basketball program that we have not ten, enough ten jerseys, not enough in the rafters. I and, mean, and maybe it's a super super exclusive club. But it is. I mean, if you looked at the names up there, I mean, it's folks who are on first team All American list, conference players of the year, all that type of stuff. You know, th- there are some folks that made passionate arguments against Jacob Pullen because all he got was third team All American twice, and not second team, not first team. I mean, it's an elite group. But I, I think my guy, F.I. Reynolds, he needs up there. Put the jersey. I don't even know if he had a number. I'm going to say I'm sold. I'm sold on pretty much everyone you just talked about. So uh, that that is what it is. Literally, K asks, what's your favorite piece of K-State memorabilia that you own? Probably my winter coat, which is my father's. That's like from definitely got to be from the 80s. It's got the shitty kitty on the front. It's hanging up there. Yeah, mine is... I've only won one game in it, and it was KU this year. Nice. Uh, mine is uh, authentic K-State white camo helmet. Uh, won it in an Ahern Fund. Uh, just, I think you just put your name in on a mailing list, and I won. It's pretty fire. Uh, it has Bill Snyder's signature, but I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. I know this is about to piss people off. <laughs> I wish it was just blank. I'm on 100%. I, would too, I wish honestly. it was just blank. I would, too. I'm not joking. And that's... I mean, I think... S- I think autographs and signatures are really dumb. I actually love autograph sports memorabilia, but that helmet, I just want it. Yeah, I would want it to be clean. I don't get it. Well, you could just clean it off. (laughs) Wipe bills. I I don't know about (laughs) that. Uh, Greg is back. After the Cats lose to A&M, do you see the Cats entering full season or entering the season full attack mode to win the Big 12 title? It's kind of worded weird. Uh, yes, I predicted us to win at least a share of the Big 12 title on the last episode. I'm not sure we're going to win the Big 12 title, but I don't think that losing to Texas A&M is going to change anything, really, in the league race. it's not going to. I don't think it's going to break our momentum. I don't think it really is indicative of what the team is right now. So we'll be all right. Literally, K, hypothetical. K stays in the natty and they're down three with the ball. No timeouts left. Would you run onto the field to give a team – a bonus timeout, and how long do you think he could go before they caught you? No, I would not. I don't want to go to jail. Um, and I honestly, if there's good security at all, I'm not even making it to the field. But in the Chiefs game <laughs> a, a couple weeks ago, there the security was not paying attention. Guy got on the field and was on there for probably a good 45 seconds. I would not because I don't want to get arrested. I, it just, that doesn't end well, and it's – Pointless. But how long do you think you could? And you would get smashed probably by some. But how giant. long do you think you could? How I don't long think could I run around on the field? Yeah, with good security. <sighs> I think you could probably get there. a while, like not that long. Like I don't know. I think you could get onto the field, but I think they would get you within twenty-five seconds. I thought it, I would give myself like forty-five seconds because, dude, it, getting in the open space, they're gonna have to. I don't know, unless they tase me, which I've never seen happen. On that would be that would be great to see. That would. Um, Not me, though. Greg Houser asks, if you were to make a conference from one team of all the other Power 5 conferences and five current Big 12 teams, who do you got? That would only be a nine-team conference. So I'm actually, you know, change. Six of us? or Yeah, y- you can double up from one conference. Okay, that's fine. So I, I did my homework, so I'll, I'll do this while you think it out. So this is just in my heart of enjoyment 
Um, this would not be the most profitable. It might not even last the longest. But what I would do hmm. is K-State, KU, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So you have the five remaining Big 8 schools. Then I would add Missouri from the SEC, Colorado from the Pac-12, Nebraska from the Big 10. So you get the original Big 8 back. I double up and take Arkansas from the SEC. And then the team I take from the ACC is Virginia Tech. Okay, that's pretty similar to mine. I had the same Big 12 teams, but um, for fun, I'll boot Iowa State and put Texas in there. <laughs> so I got Texas, Oklahoma State, K-State, OU, KU, and then I have to hit uh, – I need one from every conference. You double up. Double up. So double up, I'll do LSU, Arkansas from out from the SEC. So that's good. Got me with seven. Suck LSU. it, Missouri. Arkansas, LSU. Um, Who do you get from the ACC? ACC, I go, oh, God, who's even in the fucking ACC? <laughs> North Carolina schools, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, um, Miami, Florida State, Georgia Tech. I want to put Clemson in, but that would be – did you put Clemson in? Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That was in our other conference question. I put Virginia Tech in there. The ones that had to touch. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to build an elite conference. We'll go Clemson. And then from, <laughs> see, the Pac-12. I don't know. Let's put USC in there. This is going to be a power conference. We're going to finish last every year with KU. Um, so I need one more. Big Ten. Uh, I don't know why, but I like Iowa. Put Iowa in there. So I got Iowa, Texas, Oklahoma State, K-State, OU, KU, LSU, Arkansas, Clemson, USC. That'll be fun. Am I missing anyone? Nope. That's right. Okay. So C underscore those hands. That would be brutal. That would be brutal. So Connor asked, long-time listener, first-time caller. He was with Perry Schmiedler in Atlanta for the Elite Eight. Couldn't find Scott in the second half. He wasn't in his seat. I'm not going to go into the extreme detail from this. Something happened. Um. I will say I was I, – I was I don't know if ejected is the right – I was told to leave um, for, forcefully. I don't know. I, we I, were both now asked to leave games. Yeah, I was I, – it's the only time I've been asked to leave a game. There was a confrontation with some Loyola frat bros. Um, not proud of what happened. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but I, 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 I made it to about like the – eight minute mark i think i think it was the and one three that they made so the four point play uh and it was during the media timeout in which i was asked to leave um that the instance that won't go we won't talk about it um i got kicked out of the uh fiesta bowl against oregon i so. saw that <laughs> i didn't yeah. do anything though Good i didn't, do, I didn't yeah, do anything it was wrong. your sister i think she didn't do anything either but it was my sister's fault okay and then he also <laughs> asked what happens first and how soon can we expect it? College football playoff or final four? It's going to be the final four. When is it going to happen, this year or three years from now yeah, or later? Final four is probably more likely. It's just, as we talked about earlier, it's, in, it's incredibly difficult in football <coughs> to get to get to the big boys. It's it's incredibly difficult. Uh, cat 4000 P-W-R-Cat4000. Is the 1823 Monroe Doctrine still relevant in dot, dot, dot? Ah, screw it. What the hell can a coach do about missing wide-open shots and teams taking games off? I mean, you know, coaches can just try to motivate their players. Um, 
practice. Yeah, I mean, practice shooting and practice just shooting. I don't try know. Try to motivate your players. It's tough. 18 and 22 year olds. It just sucks that the fact of the matter is that this team is not a very good shooting team. Um, they can shoot okay. Sometimes they have good shooting nights, but they need to hang their hat on extreme defensive intensity. They they cannot take a day off on defense. That's what this team is. Yeah, and so, you know, I I don't. I think I don't the rest will take care of itself if they are. If they are on their A-plus game every night defensively, switched on, then that gives us the best chance to win. It's not really about shooting with this team, I don't think. Because we know what this team is shooting. It's not about shooting. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, it is, but you know what I mean. Like, I mean, we lost a game holding a team to under 50 points. But they also shot 50%. No, I'm talking about the Tulsa oh, game. Tulsa game. Well, that was just, ugh. Yeah, I don't I know. know. I, but, I mean, th- there's nothing. I mean, if, if the shots aren't going down, there's nothing that the coach can do. Uh, he needs to be better at at motivating players. But at the end of the day, maybe, you're never going to be able to get it I mean, 100% of the if time. You're, if you're not hitting shots and spread the floor and let Barry go ISO and get to the get to the rim, I mean, I don't know. You get Go inside Except more often and get, get to the foul can't line. can't do that in the zone. That's you true. That's them. very true. I don't know, but you got to somehow draw fouls, get to the free throw line, make them think about it. I don't know. It's tough, though. Uh, SF Wildcats won. Wow, I totally made a bonehead, non-bonehead move. I forgot to use hashtag AskBosco hashtag. Oh, well, let's see if I can do a new one. Does KSA <laughs> break out the two-tone labs for the KU game? I'm saying, I'm betting yes. 100%. What other game are we going to do I don't think do it it's for? 100%, but it's quite likely. I mean, we're uh, it's we're doing it for one game this year, and I can't think of a can't think of a better I mean, game. I think for it. I think so, but I can't give a one hundred. I'm never going to give a one hundred percent guarantee on this podcast unless I know it to be a fact. Kind of like Seth Luttrell. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would just say if you're betting on it, that's probably likely. Yeah, that would be the betting favorite. Um, and we're going to close out with three questions from my brother, Big Al 34 his first one, who is the best K-State player ever in NCAA football? Which year and game was it? I think it was an NCAA 04 Darren Sproles. I was going to say maybe Terrence Newman in um, 02. I know he was a 99 overall, and he had like 99 speed. He was really, really good in that game. But Would it have been Sproles 02 or 03? Because the games are, if you remember the title. Er, so, so it would have been for his junior year? Newman? Yeah, because he was a senior in 02, well, whatever, so the game would have been 03. Whatever his senior year game was, okay. he was very good in that game. Uh, definitely it was 03. It was 03. Because I remember now. I just remember Roberson and Sproles were like they unstoppable. Were, yeah, they were 04. incredible. They were very, very good. Carson Palmer was on the cover of that game. Um, the next one, uh, and this was a good one, made me think, if you could take a secondary slash non-starter – uh, of any K-State basketball player in the last 10 years and add to this year's team, who would it be and why? And I asked for further clarification. He said never was a consistent starter for K-State. So um, I came up with two guys, and I <laughs> I, I, can't even I remember think they're pretty good. Names. So do you my want me to – who? Well, how about my first guy is – I'll ask you if this is okay. My memory is not serving me correctly, but I feel like – for majority of his career, he was off the bench. Nino Williams. So, but he started, I think, his junior and senior year. Are you sure? Because I thought he was like, I mean, such. Act- like, I remember him being like sixth man, like that was his role, and he was always like super reliable off the bench. I could be wrong. That's why I'm asking. I'm pretty sure he started late in this okay. season. All right, that's fair. I can cross him off. You, you just give me one. 
Well, so the the two the mine two, are terrible. The two guys that I came up with were Fred Brown. So oh, his yeah. final year was that 08-09 team. He only played like four or five minutes God. a game, but he was forty two percent from three. Something this team desperately needs. Downtown Freddie Brown. The other guy, he played two seasons for K State, two thousand eleven and twelve, and two thousand twelve and thirteen. He had ten points or ten minutes a game as a freshman and sophomore. Shot over fifty percent from the field when he was on the team. Adrian Diaz. Ah, dude, yes. <laughs> I knew it was going to be Adrian Diaz. I knew it. I had him possibly on mine. Oh, man. This is tough. My I initial reaction was Wally Judge, but he started like 11 of the 17 games he played before he left after his sophomore year. Was Brandon Bolden any good at all? He was a big, tall guy, and he had that really good – he was on my short list. He's on my short list. Stephen Hurt started, didn't he? Yeah, he started because he was also on my short list, but he started almost. I'm every gonna have game to gr- agree with you. I'll let you have Fred Brown, and I'll to I'll do Adrian Diaz because that you was could like, throw in Isaiah Maurice. Isaiah, yeah, I could. He he's yeah. still playing. Isaiah Maurice was such a bad big loss. I feel like, but I'll do Adrian Diaz because that was honestly my because that was my first instinct was we need a big guy that can contribute more. Adrian Diaz is what came to mind. He, he looked like General Grievous from Star Wars. <laughs> and he al- always would do that little stirring the pot <laughs> dance during the tunnel dance. Um, and then the final question of this, it's similar to Greg's, but there are no there are no uh, restrictions. What would be your dream Big 12? 10 minimum, 12 max. Um, and again, this one I went with my heart, but it, it, I think I think folks would pay for this. So do you want me to go first or do you want to go first on this one? Go ahead. So for this one, my dream Big 12, I'm going K-State, KU, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Missouri, Nebraska, Texas, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. It's what the Big 12 should have been. Uh, when it's when we got started, um, that's what I would have done. I mean, I don't really care about Colorado. If you then th- – those are the teams I want to be in a conference with, but I really like r- round robin and double round robin for basketball. So, actually, now that I'm looking at this, I would just – I would get rid of Arkansas and Texas A&M. So, I would just do Texas, Nebraska, Missouri, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma – KU and K-State, 10 teams. I'm pretty similar. I've got the original Big 8 plus Texas, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and I I love LSU. I have a soft spot for LSU. I want that to be a trip that I can go to in the Big 12. That would be incredible. But I do like the round robin, though. I know, it's so, solid. So that's why so I picked out A&M and Arkansas. If I would – yeah, that's solid. I wouldn't – I, I like Iowa, and I wouldn't mind having them in the Big 12 either, but I don't know who – Maybe Arkansas. Boot him for Arkansas. Arkansas kind of sucks at everything. Yeah, that's, true. that's I, true. I think Iowa would be fun. We could have the, the Cyhawk, whatever, rivalry. I don't know. Whatever. I just wanted a different footprint. But, yeah, so that was our Q&A episode. Uh, real quick, let's go on the record. Does K-State beat Oklahoma State? I say yes. yes. I say 68 to 49. I say we bounce. Ooh. Yeah. Wow, 19 yeah. points victory i like that um i think the cats win i think we start off a little slow but we get in stride and 
we're up twelve at half, and we just we just keep rolling. I might, I, I literally might go if I get on StubHub and on Saturday morning and see good tickets. I'm just gonna buy eight dollar tickets right now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Actually, but I don't like, want to sit up in the. I don't want to sit in the nosebleeds, but you probably walk down. <laughs> yeah, probably. We'll see. I might be there, so stay tuned. <sighs> now, you our me, now you got me thinking about it. Make sure you check out my bookie and tick splits, guys. Let's Love do you guys. It. Meet me at the Cathead. Enjoy the song. A cool and wet November dawn. Just emptiness to dwell upon I fell into a winter slide And ended up the kind of kid who goes down shoots too narrow Just eking out my measly pie But I learned fast how to keep my head up Cause I know there is this side of me That wants to grab the yoke from the pilot and just Fly the whole mess into the sea Another slow train to the coast Some brand new glory out from way on high I sink and then I swim all night I watch the ice melt on the glass While the eloquent young pilgrims pass and leave behind the trail Imploring us all not to fail Of course I was raised to Gather courage from those Lofty tales so tried and true But if you're able I'd suggest it Cause this modern thought Can get the best of you This rather simple epitaph Can save your hide your fallen mind What we're up against There's no design No flaws to find There's no design No flaws to find But I learned fast How to keep my head up Cause I no, I got this side of me that wants to grab the yoke from the pilot and just fly the whole mess into the sea. Sports Social Podcast Network.